This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. We're launching into a brand new series called Don't Judge Me. I'll explain more about that in just a little bit, but I'm going to tell you a story. And, and when I tell you the story, I, I, you, I know you're going to say, Tom, I am really proud of you. Uh, online too. So can we practice that? Tom, I'm really proud of you. Okay, so here's the deal. All right, so instructions, right? All right, so Jen and I were working on this project together, which is like putting this uh, tonneau cover on my, on my truck. That's what the project was. And um, <clears throat> I would normally dive into something without reading the instructions, right? But this time, I decided I was going to follow the instructions. Yeah, okay. Not so fast, not so fast, <laughs> not so fast. So I actually got, I opened this big box. It was a big box, and so in the big box was a small box that said this, start here. So I started here, right? I even brought that little box into my house, and I opened up the box, and I think there, if I remember right, there were three um, instruction pamphlets, right, to go along with this thing. One small one, and then like one, one larger one, and, and all of that. And, and it started off with this, step one. I think there were eight or 12 steps or something like that. Step one. So I did step one. And then I got to step two. And I said, this doesn't make sense. This is not going to work. And so I told Jen, I go, we can't do it this way. Now, Forget that this company has been around. There's thousands of these things out there, I guess. And, you know, they, they probably pretty much know what they're doing, right? But here's me, little old me, and Paul's well going like, no, this is not going to work. I even told Jen why it wasn't going to work, you know? So anyway, I, and so I called the dude, called the company. He was a dude, okay? Called the company, and they had this helpline, right? And I, I forget the exact words, but somebody like, I, I'm missing something here. I'm not understanding here because, like, if I do this, it ain't going to work. And then the dude told me, well, I should do it that way. And if I don't do it that way, it's not going to work, you know? And so, uh, so I said, oh, okay, all right, all right I, I, I get it, I get it. I, I, would just, I would just follow the instructions. So I did. And I followed them, like, 1 through 8 or 12 or whatever it was, and it all worked. Now's your chance. Tom, I am so proud of you, right? <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. So here's the kind of the trap I fell into, though. Like, it will only work if I understand it. You with me? It will only work if I understand it. Now, if I can understand it, then I'll follow the instructions. How many know that sometimes that's the way we live our Christian life? Like, we're going to understand it first, and if we understand it, God, now, then I can step into it. You know, I, now, I, now I can live this life that you're calling me to live. Um, um, we, we seek understanding first, and someone way smarter than me, and I forget, even forget who it was, said this, um, obedience first, understanding later. Obedience first, understanding later. How many know that the understanding does come sometimes, and even sometimes 
it doesn't. And so we're launching into this, this series called Don't, Don't Judge Me, and I'll talk about what that means here in, in, in just, just a little bit. But how many have ever been in that place where you have said or you have thought words similar to, to this right here? Hey, um, hey, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Anybody? It's like you're, you're doing your thing. Look, I understand it. I know what I'm doing. Like, hey, 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 don't judge me. We'll talk a little bit more about that. For the next five Sundays, including today, we're diving into the book of Judges. <clears throat> we're going to learn from four of the judges in this book of 21, 21 chapters. And the question that we're going to ask is this, what lessons can I learn from, from these four, four judges? What understanding can, can we seek? Where does Jesus call us to walk in obedience to him? There are 21 chapters now. Um, if you're a brand new Bible reader, I know that for many of us, um, what we tend to do is we, we kind of like to hang out in the New Testament, right? Yeah, we do. We like to hang out in the New Testament with Jesus, and that's all good like that. But I will tell you, I love the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. There is so much there. And, and when the Word comes alive to you, so I want to encourage you, to start reading the book of Judges, one chapter a day. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I, I just, if I could kind of get you all together, like you online and go like, will you do that with me? I, I pray that you would, but I just want you to read one chapter a day, and then next week we'll, I'll tell you where we'll be at the end, end of this message. So, um, but the question we're asking is, is what lessons can, can I learn? And a good question is, why the book of Judges? Why did you guys choose the book of Judges? Like, who, who goes to the book of, book, book of Judges? And, and although really don't know for 100% sure um, who, who the author was, you know, tr Jewish traditions that points it to Samuel. And, and uh, so we're going to learn from Samuel and the, and the book, of, book of Judges because all Scripture, this is why, because all Scripture is God-breathed, right? That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians or 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All, all Scripture is breathed. So everybody say all. Also, it says all. That means? Yeah, it means all. <laughs> means judges too, right? Right? All, oh, okay. <laughs> all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So let's focus on the word correction for, 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 for just a moment. Um, correction means just not pointing out where you might be headed in the wrong direction, but also points you in the right direction. So correction, right, that's the cycle right there. So like, don't do this, but, but do this. If as parents, if all we do is say, don't do that, you're wrong. That's just a part of correction. Because correction is like, don't do that, you're wrong. You need to go this direction. So um, that's how I would define correction. So that's what the word does for us. Like, don't do this, stop doing that, but I want you to, to do this. And we're going to see this in the book of Judges. But all scripture, including the book of Judges, is profitable for correction in our lives. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have Hope, of course, we know the eternal hope that Jesus offers. First Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 to 11. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. 
We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer, capital D. Now, these things happen to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So when we talk about living from a biblical worldview, this is what this means. So what does the Bible say about our life, my life, and your life, and how does a Bible bring correction to us in our, in our daily life. The book of Judges does this. It's there for our instruction. So that's why my encouragement um, to read a chapter a day and just go slow. Don't just check it off, but like pray that the Spirit of God would lead you and direct you and, and like, what is it, God, that you might want to correct in my life? Or what is it that you want to, want to teach me? So in your life, have you ever got to this point where you've been down the road for a few years or whatever it is, or you, you, you had some experience, and then when you look back, you go like, hey, that didn't work out so well. Anybody? So I tried that, and, you know, that I just totally messed it up, or that didn't work out so well as, at all, or maybe it was more like this, I wish I would have. Anyone, is that anyone? I wish I wouldn't have done that, or I wish I would have done this. But when I, when I look back, it didn't go so well. Have, have you noticed that there seems to be a cyclical pattern sometimes in our life? Now, we're going to talk, let's just talk about somebody else, okay? Okay, we won't talk about it. We'll talk about, have you ever noticed there's a cyclical pattern that happens in some people's life? <laughs> like, um, things go bad? and kind of go wrong, and then you run to the Lord. And then things start going really, really well, and we just kind of drift away. We're talking about someone else, right? right? And there's this, there's this cyclical pattern that happens. Um, things go well, and we drift away, and then things go bad, and we cry out to God, and we get really, really next to Him because we really need Him right now. And things go pretty well, and then it's just this cyclical nature. It's just like a big life cycle. Well, Judges is that, that, that kind of story. And that's what, but that, that's, what, that's what you're going to see, and that's what we're going to learn from. So Judges covers like maybe three to 400 years or, or, or something like that. It's a period um, following the life of, of, of Joshua. And it's to be understood in these terms, and properly so, as a, as a nation that's in decline. So what's, what's going on here? But let's, let's back up to Joshua chapter 24. Um, and I want to share with you something because Joshua issues um, a challenge um, um, to the Israelites, a challenge to them and, and, and says this, like, I want you to choose today who you're going to serve. So you make a choice today whom you will serve. Either the gods your father served or the gods of the Amorites. So you can just... Kind of visualize that going on right there. So he stands before them like, I want you to choose today. Well, just listen to what they say. Verse number 16 of Joshua 24. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. 
And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, therefore we will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Can you see? Far be it from us to ever walk away from the Lord. Far be it from us to ever drift away, because like we experience his hand, the goodness of his hand leading us and guiding us like we, we would never walk away. I think Joshua knew something because he says this in, in verse number 20. He, he kind of like, you can just see a parent going like this, but if, right? Not, I circled if. But if, if you forsake the Lord and if you serve foreign gods, or let me, and, and the way I've described it, if you, if you start drifting away from God who just did all, all of those things that you just said, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. You catch the warning there? If you, if you drift away and you walk away and you, you just slide this way, like this is what God's going to do. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And the people said to Joshua, no, no. But we will serve the Lord, because who wants that? Right? So I'll paraphrase a little bit. But what do we see in Judges? That pattern I just described? Let me just give it to you. The people abandon the Lord. God punishes them for their disobedience by raising up a foreign power. The people cry out to God for help and deliverance. So you see what's happening? So like they, they're making this cycle... They cry out to God, and God raises up a uh, deliverer, a judge for them. He hears them. Uh, and then repeat, the people abandon the Lord. God punishes them for their disobedience by raising up a foreign power. The people cry out to God for help and deliverance. God raises up a deliverer and a judge for them. And as parents, what we would say is this, will you ever learn your lesson. That's what we say, right? Like, how many times do you have to walk down this road? How many times do you have to drift away and be punished and then come back to him? Perhaps it's summarized in Judges 17, verse 6. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Do you feel like we're living in those days? To answer that question, we're going to take this closer look at, at, at Judges, at four, four of them, they're 12, and take a deeper dive into, into their lives. Now, how is it that we're selecting four? We're going to start with number one next, next week. How are we selecting four? Well, going to the book of Hebrews, because in Hebrews chapter 11, the Greek faith chapter, lists the four, and so we're going to draw from there. We're going, to be, we're going to learn lessons from each one. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 and 34. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon. You're going to read about Gideon. Barak slash Deborah there. Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, made, were made strong out of weakness because mighty in war, became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. 
We're going to talk about Gideon, Samson, Barak, Deborah, and Jephthah. Now, are these mentioned um, because they're perfect? Uh, n- n- not at all. That's the don't judge me. Like, no, they, they, are, they are not perfect. And we may find ourselves judging these in areas that we're struggling with. We're going to see them. We, we will discover life lessons as we walk through the lives of these four. And I just want you to like, hang, hang, hang with us for this series, because I think we're going to learn some, some things. We're going to be able to apply them to our everyday life, how God uses imperfect people. More on that in, in just a moment. Um, but as we walk through this book, we're going to discover four things I'm going to give you in the next few minutes and for you to remember. Number one, God disciplines those he loves. Everybody say amen to that. See, but you don't like it, do you? And neither do I. Like, who likes discipline, right? So if you have students, you have kids, like, um, do they like to be disciplined? No. Do you like to discipline them? Probably not. You know, but God, God disciplines those he loves. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 6. The, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So if you have felt the Lord's discipline or his hand upon you, correcting you, that just means he loves you because he disciplines those he loves. It would be correct for us to say God corrects us and points us in the right way to walk. We'll learn from these judges. Number two, God is good and patient in all of his ways. He's patient with you, and he's patient with me. And we'll see patience in the book, book of Judges, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I am thankful for God's patience in my, in my life. What we understand from Scripture is that God's patience is meant to lead us to what? To repentance. A repentant heart where we understand where we're going that way, now we're going this direction. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? We know that repentance means like we're not going to go that way any further. We're going to go this way. Thomas Kempis, who wrote a little uh, devotional book um, that I'm using now. Um, and he's, he's one of the guys I refer to as old dead guys. So, um, because he was alive in the thir- uh, see, he, 13, 1400s, I think he died 1480 or something like that. So he, he fits that class of old dead guy. Um, but he said this about repentance. I would rather feel repentance than to be able to define it. I really feel it. I would, I would rather walk in the knowledge and the feeling of repentance. I might not be able to define it properly, but I want to feel it. I want to know God's correction in, in my life. Repentance is something that changes us. And that's what we'll see in the book of Judges. But unfortunately, it's for a short time until we see that cycle happening again. Repentance is something that that sometimes turning away from, <clears throat> from the good things that get in the way of the best thing. Sometimes that's what repentance looks like. <clears throat> there are good things that can get in the way 
of the best thing. And I won't go into all the details, but some time ago I shared a little of my story when I, about, I think it was five or six years ago, when I really felt the correction of God. And I, I, I've used the word discipline when he was disciplining me in, in, in my life. Um, it was during a time when I got really ill. And um, God, it just, I was at that point where God spoke to me. I mean, like I was in that place, right? When I'm crying out to God. And um, he disciplined me. And just had to do with my daily, daily pattern. Um, so I enjoy running, and so I, I won't show you with all, all the details because, like some of you have heard it, but I was giving the best time of my day, which just happens to be morning, to what I enjoyed doing. And then I would add on to that um, my devotion time and my abiding time with, with, with Jesus. What he really spoke to me about was, um, you got that backwards. You're giving the best time of your day. Um, to what you really enjoy, and I want that time. So I made that, that determination back then where I really truly felt his correction that I'm not going to allow um, a good thing, which it is, to get in the way of the best thing. And so I described it this, this way. Um, I won't allow the lesser important to become more important and the more important to become lesser important. Don't let the lesser important become more important and the more important become lesser. A little side story here. Russell Wilson, you remember that guy? Used to play for us. Now he's with some other loser team. Anyway, um, <laughs> so he, he did this contest because he had this thing going, you know, so uh, about sending in, um, sending in um, your, your New Year's resolution. So I sent that in. Um, I'm not going to let the lesser important become more important or the more important become lesser important. And I don't know how many sent their stuff in. I'm going to assume, for my sake, tens of hundreds of thousands of people, right? Um, so, because I won. Thank you. And I got a Russell Wilson signed hat. That's right, got my office right there. Okay, anyway, side story. All right, so um, here's the deal. Um, God disciplines us. And he, and he loves us. And he calls us to repentance. We're going to see that. Number three, and real quickly, God brings deliverance to those who call to him. I am so thankful for that. This is easy for us to look back into the Bible, right, and, and look at uh, the Israelites and like going like, what, don't you guys get it? Don't you see what God just did? Um, repent, because you're going the wrong way when we need that ourselves. Because we... We find ourselves in need of repentance, but when we call out to him, he delivers us. Aren't you thankful for that? Um, we, we see it. God responds to the cry of his people. Number four, um, God uses flawed people like you and me to accomplish his purpose. I love that. Because look around the room. Online, you do the same thing wherever you are. Look around the room. Do you see perfect people? You know, I know that sometimes we, we'll come and we'll gather like this and we'll look across the aisle, we'll look at the family over here and, you know, students, you know, we'll look, hey, hey, he's got it perfect, she's perfect. Like, they never make a mistake. We are all flawed. God uses flawed people like you and me to accomplish his purpose. I, for one, am thankful. Calvin stated it this way, in every saint there is always to be found something reprehensible. It's true. Right? In other words, there are flawed people, individuals who respond to God, and, he, and it's he who uses us 
uh, in his ways to carry out his, his purposes, and we're going to learn those lessons. God uses flawed people. God uses people like you and me who struggle in certain areas to accomplish his purpose. Some of us have fallen to the lie of the enemy, and that's exactly what is it. You, you, you can't be used because, like, you screwed up. You messed up really, really bad, and you can't be used. And that's a lie from the enemy because God uses flawed people who call out to him and understand and know what it is to be, to be set free. He uses us. The Bible is full of people, and it's just a short list right here. Um, um, Moses stuttered, right? John Mark was rejected by Paul. Um, Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Jacob was a liar. David had an affair, right? Um, Abraham was too old. David was too young. So there you go. <laughs> Peter was afraid to die. Lazarus was dead. <laughs> he wasn't just dead. Lazarus was dead, dead. <laughs> and Jesus used him. He had to die again, but that's another story, right? Um, uh, Paul was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Martha worried. Mary was lazy, right? <laughs> Samson had a hair problem. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Okay, flawed, flawed people. So uh, here's what I want us to reflect on, then we're going to pray right here. So two, two things. Number one, are you caught in the spin cycle? Are you caught in the spin cycle? What I mean by that is, do you find yourself living this life, and uh, honestly, you hate it because you find yourself get it growing, everything going right, and then you have found yourself kind of slip, maybe slipping away and just a little bit. And you come back to him like, that is not the life that you want to live. I call it the spin cycle. Everything's going well, everything's going great, and then all of a sudden, your time with Jesus begins to kind of waver just a little bit, and things are going well, and pretty soon you get down here and you find yourself like what we're going to see in Judges, calling out to him, and God forgives you, and he forgives me, and then I call it the spin cycle. And maybe we're stuck there. Maybe, just maybe, we're in that place right now where um, we're kind of feeling over here, and we're kind of wondering, will God forgive me again? Will he forgive me again? The good news is, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Second is this. Are you feeling like you are flawed and God has no use for you? Because I know that there are some of us who are right there. Like, you know what, I, I, I messed it up so many times. I, 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 the spin cycle, whatever you want to call it, or you've made a mistake, and you're just thinking like, God, no, God, no, God can't use me. That's a lie from the enemy. God uses flawed people. You know how I know that? Because he's used me. And he's used you. And he's used all of us to carry out his purposes. It's a lot. And I'm, here's, here's how I'm going to pray. I, I'm going I'm to invite us to um, offer our lives up to God. If we find ourselves in that spin cycle, he doesn't want you there either. I'm going to pray because I, I know some of us will make that commitment. Um, call it, you call it a commitment, a discipline, or, or whatever, to walk close with Jesus, to abide in him. Like, there's going to be stuff that's going to come our way. It's going to try to drag us away, but we're not going to go there. We're not going to live this life. We're, we're going to get out of the spin cycle. 
Um, or maybe you're, you feel flawed. And like you come here, right? And you're looking around, and you're going like, eh, look at them, perfect, right? Look at that guy. He's perfect. Brent's perfect. Bob's perfect. Ruthie, you're perfect. <laughs> we start pointing fingers all around. And, but me? Nah. No. It's a lie from the enemy. So I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask you to, to, to join me. And um, as we do, let's just lift up our lives to him, shall we? And our hearts to him. So Jesus, there are some of us caught in the spin cycle. It's, it's really not, <laughs> it's just where we find ourselves. Um, we, we draw close to you and then it just seems like life and circumstances and we just find ourselves drifting again and then we cry out to you and we know you forgive and, and then it just starts all over again. It's just a pattern in my life and by the power of your Holy Spirit I just join with others say, who might be lifting up their lives and God, I just pray that you'll break that. Father, I would pray that when the enemy kind of tries to sneak in and just drag us away, God, you would just break that cycle, I pray, in Jesus' name. There are some of us here, God, I'm so thankful that you have, you have chosen to use each and every one, every follower of Jesus to live out your purposes through us. And God, there are some of us who feel like we have messed it up so bad, God, you can never, never use me. And so that gift that you have given, we just kind of stuffed it away. But God, would you, just, would you just remind us today that we're all flawed people. You have, you have called us, and you have saved us, and you desire to use each and every one of us. So we lift our flaws to you. We say, God, in our, in our weakness, live through me. In all of my life, in all of my ways, to draw close to you, Jesus, live, live, live through me. We resist the lie of the enemy who says you cannot use me. Break that, I pray, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. So, um, Next Sunday, so as you start reading Judges tomorrow, chapter 1, and on Tuesday, chapter, you're with me, chapter 3, then chapter 4, and then next Sunday, you'll be right at Gideon, right, chapter 6 and 7, that's where we're going to be, it's going to be a great day, so hope you can join us, let's stand together, shall we, and let's join together in worship.
Stop. 